By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together we make BS. Right, Shelly? Is that the way it is? We make something. Yeah, well, <laughs> it is Thursday. Uh, you know, it is she, Thursday. Shelly, sometimes it's so embarrassing. Sometimes Shelly, in the middle of the show, will go outside of her house and she'll say, so happy it's Thursday. She'll yell at everybody go, so happy it's Thursday. And she'll go, S-H-I-T. <laughs> I do do that. How do you know that? Did they call you and tell you? I've got all They're the, always telling you. I've me. got all the YouTube videos from your friends, your, your neighbors. Say, <laughs> so like, this crazy lady lives down the street from us, and this is what she does on Thursday. She has the, what's the what's the routine she does on, on uh, hold on a minute. I do do that. How do you know that? Okay, hold on a minute. Okay, never mind. How did you, how'd you pick that one up? <laughs> it's amazing what I can do. I snorted. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I snort every once in a while. You know, pigs fly. I, I heard this. Sometimes you hear things and you go, what? <laughs> I heard this thing yesterday where this guy, matter of fact, a guy used to work for me, uh, Brian Nieves is on another radio station. By the way, we have talked about that. That's sort of interesting. Uh, it's taken an interesting turn. Anyway, Brian Nieves is on a station and he's, you know, he he's so boring that he starts talking about the human nose and he gives all these facts about the human nose. And I did find one of it was sort of interesting. He says that most people only use one nostril. I'm going, what? <laughs> That's what he said. Think about that. She's sniffling. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. When you breathe in through your nose, are you using both nostrils or one nostril? According to what he says, most people only use one nostril. And I'm going, like, now hold on a minute. Is one of them clogged up? Is that that? Because they're sort of connected together. It's like having dual exhaust. You know what I mean? Like two pipes, you know? But, Dual exhaust, that's well, funny. Well, no, anyway, it's to the point where it's like, okay. You know, sometimes you hear these 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 facts and you go like, really? I some of the one of the ones I always find fascinating is, is you know, when they talk about, you know, like uh, uh you know, electric power and things like that. You know, I mean, the whole thing about solar and stuff like that, if you know what's going on in Europe, I do you know this whole story about what's going on in Europe? I don't I don't Oh actually. my god, it's 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 actually sort of spooky because of the fact that Europe mostly Western Europe and a little bit of Eastern Europe got very comfortable using Russian natural gas. And this has been going on for quite some time, like maybe a decade, maybe even more than a decade, more, more than 10 years. So they've gotten very comfortable with using Russian natural gas. And because of that, a lot of the other power plants vis-a-vis um, coal and nuclear, they're phasing those out. Well, all of a sudden, well, not all of a sudden, but coming up on a year, it'll be a year, uh, what, in March, uh, Putin invades Ukraine. So a lot of the um, Western European countries decide we don't want his gas anymore because essentially we're paying him to, we're paying him to essentially decimate the people in Ukraine. We're paying him money, which he is in turn using to buy tanks and and ammunition and guns and shells and tank, you know, all sorts of stuff to kill the people in Ukraine. So they said, we're not using your natural gas anymore. And Putin said, well, guess what? I'm not giving it to you anymore. So all of a sudden, they don't have this massive influx of natural gas. So everybody's scrambling. I believe in England, they say some people may pay three to four times what they paid last year for energy. Three to four times. Electric, all this kind of stuff. Because a lot of the power plants were converted over to run natural gas, which is cleaner than coal. And obviously, it's not as clean as nuclear, believe it or not. But we don't like nuclear because, you know, what's her face? Uh, what's, uh, what's, 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 her, what's her? I can't find her, her clips real quick in a hurry. You know who I'm talking about? Greta. Greta. Let me see if I can find Greta really quick. Greta says we shouldn't be using that. You know, yeah, here she is right here. Because this woman... People are suffering. People are dying. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet, I'm one of the lucky ones. How dare you? So, people go like, okay, Greta says we shouldn't be using coal. So now the problem is... They don't have any, for the most part, they have no power. I mean, not, they, have, they do have power, but they have very, very, very limited resources, even to the point where Greta actually agreed 
with one of the nuclear power plants being put back online because of the fact that there's such a shortage of, of electricity and power in general in, in Western Europe. And they're saying that there may be, like, especially like in England, England's been a, a, extremely hard hit because they had this really strict mandate on, uh, you know, going, getting rid of, you know, fossil fuels, and they have all these wind farms. But here we go once again. The, there's a caveat with the wind farms. The wind farms can't be put on land. They have to be put out in the ocean. So it's very expensive to put the wind farms out in the ocean, very expensive to do the maintenance, very expensive to run the electricity. Think about it. Electricity and water typically typically don't work too well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you're running electricity back from the wind farms that were out in the ocean, back on the land, and it has to go to the power grid. And that's only supplying like 15%, I think, or 15 to 20% of England's you know need for electricity. And the crazy thing about it is, you know, with solar... Think about this for a minute. And once again, I've got solar panels. I don't have a bunch of them, but I've got solar panels that ran that run some lighting for me. It's really expensive to do solar. And not only that, if you got solar panels and you're running totally off solar and it's in the middle of winter, there's two things that happen in winter. A, it gets darker much or, or you know, much earlier. You don't have as much sunlight. The the day is very short. And B you need more electricity and more power because it gets cold, right? <laughs> so you want to run your heater and, and you know, once again, you're running your lights at night. You're running more lighting because of the fact that there's less daylight. You know, it's just crazy time. And I'm going, like, okay. You know, it's like, it's like in the United States. I told you that guy. Remember that I told you that story about that guy that drove on the East Coast from someplace in Maine down, I think, down to someplace Virginia. Bought a brand new Rivian, which is like the electric one of the new electric car companies, um, and he bought a Rivian pickup truck. And it, a couple times, he almost ran out of power because there was no place to charge. And this is on the East Coast. And think about that for a minute. If you're, like, driving to Kansas City, I don't think it would be a problem. Most of the electric vehicles have, like, at least a couple hundred miles of charge. But the other crazy thing about this is, you know the deal with the electric vehicles in the winter? You know this story? No. They have electric heat in them. In your car, almost everybody's car nowadays, the heater is run off of the antifreeze that goes through the radiator. Essentially, what right. you have is you have two radiators in your car. You have one in the front, which essentially keeps the the uh, the engine cool, and you have one stuck up underneath your dashboard. It's called you know a, a heater core. It's actually a heat exchanger, and it runs air through that little heat exchanger underneath your dashboard and gives you heat. So in other words, you have heat. And most cars, you have tons of heat. You, your, your car probably gives you more heat than you can deal with, probably, right? It, it's a good heater, yeah. yeah. So in other words, if you turn that thing on and it's cold outside, it doesn't take too long to the point where you're turning the heat down, right? It, it really doesn't, no. Okay. If you use the heater in the electric cars, it's electric and it cuts down on your range. So in other words, as you're driving, you don't have as much range because your heater is on. And matter of fact, and in, in not only that, and once again, in the winter, you got your heater on, and guess what? You got your lights on at night, you know, you t and, and not only that, anything you turn on in an electric car essentially cuts down on the range of the car. If you're listening to the radio, cuts down the range of your car. You know, you got things plugged into your cigarette lighter, you're, you're charging your, your cell phone, your laptop, your iPad, whatever, it cuts down on the range of your car. It's nutty. And sometimes as much as 30 to 50%. So in other words, if you've got a car that has 200 mile range with, you know, just normal battery life. Once you turn on your heater, it may drop down to like 150 or 125 miles. Well, like, okay, nobody thought of that one. You know, what I, mean? I mean, like, you don't think of that with your car because your car, if anything, your car gets better gas mileage in the winter because of the fact that you don't have your air conditioner on. In the summer, you have your air conditioner on, which puts a drag on the motor, not a huge drag, but puts a drag on the motor because you have to run the air conditioner compressor. Well, in the winter, it puts no drag in your car because of the fact that you've already got, you know, antifreeze circulating through your car. And it's, you know, it's like heat from nothing. It's like heat's like cut, you know, doesn't cost you any f as far as mileage is concerned. So anyway, that's the nerd in me. Okay, I'm sorry, Shelly. Why? Because you nerded out? I went off on a tangent. But see, see what's interesting. You always go off but, on a tangent. But that's see, like what's interesting to me occurrence. is the government, I don't think they figured this stuff out. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, hey, get an electric car. It's, a, it's, it's like the uh, credit card processing machines. Well, here you're going to go again. <laughs> yep. Here you're going to go. 
don't, I don't know how this dovetails in, but Shelly's obsessed about the green and the red buttons on the credit card machines, right? And yellow. <laughs> and yellow. <laughs> well, green's is yellow. Okay. Everybody else is okay. red or green. Here's what, here's what I found interesting. If I go to Quickie Mart A, I put my card in, and if it's under $15, I don't have to put a pin in. And if it's over fifteen dollars, all I have to do is put a pin in. Okay, that's you don't even have to put a pin in. Well, hold, hold, no, no, no. That's that's at Quickie Mart. That's at Quickie Mart A. At Quickie Mart B, I have to answer forty-two thousand questions. You know, is this a debit or credit card? Debit. Do you want cash back? No. You know, is your mother a, a citizen of the United States? Yes. Does your car have air in the tires? Yes. Is it American Air or Canadian Air? American Air. You know, what's your zip code? Nah. What's your what's your uh, IQ? I only take, you know, I have to put in one number for my IQ, so I'm really good on that one. Was I supposed to um, <laughs> disagree? No, you can. I only have to put in one number, which is zero. It's impossible, actually, to have a zero IQ. It is, no, when you're dead, you have a zero IQ. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for no. fixing that for me no, in my mind. It is possible to have zero IQ. You know, it's, it's possible to not have a credit score. You know that? I do. And, I do know that. And coming, yes. coming soon, we're going to follow the Chinese. We're all going to have social scores. I'm sorry? We're going to have social scores. What is that? That's what the Chinese already have. Which means? They judge you on being a good citizen. If you're a good citizen, you have a high social score. And if you're a bad citizen, you have a low social score. And that would... that Well, would, that's already very do- much a caste society, isn't it? Well, they're already doing that with companies. It's called ESG. You know, if you have a high ESG score, you can go to the bank and they loan you lots of money. If your company has a low ESG score, the ESG score, the bank will say, eh, sorry. But look, we've got, you know, companies pop- profitable. Yeah, but your ESG score is low. Sorry. What is an ESG? What does that stand for? Environmental, social, and governance. It's this th- thing. I, You know, it's funny because if you talk about this, people go, some people go, oh, my God, you're talking like, like that's like that's like Glenn Beck kind of stuff. This is real, and it's happening more and more all the time. It's part of the reason why we have high gas prices. And I know people go like, what? It's part of the reason because because the government is telling certain sectors it's telling the banking industry certain sectors they should not lend money into. And one of the sectors they're telling not to lend money into, guess what? Energy exploration, energy production. So in other words, it used to be when Trump was in office, you wanted to, you know, if you had money and you wanted to get a loan to drill an oil well, you could go to a bank and, you know, pretty much get some money. Nowadays, it gets really tough to get any money to drill because, remember, they don't like drilling. Remember Biden on several occasions says, no more drilling, no more drilling. And what did Trump say? Drill, baby, drill. <laughs> talking about it. Ta- <laughs> yeah, he did. Talking about a difference in in philosophy, right? So, yeah. yeah. So the Chinese already had a cre- have a social credit score, and it's coming to America. And I'm not kidding about that. That will be part of it. Is and it has to do with the fact your social credit score will do. It's sort of like the ESG. It'll do. It'll be called McDowell's. Well, it'll be. They'll rate you on what kind of a car you drive. If mm. you drive a big old SUV like Shelley. Bad, bad social credit score. It's not score. a big old SUV. It's <laughs> you, a little bitty SUV. You can't get much bigger than what your car is. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, there's the Navigator. There's the Suburban. There's the GMC. Yeah, GMC Suburban. There is the Expedition. I don't have those. I have a little MX. Shelly M- had. Shelly had MZX. to get her. Shelly had to get her car weighed recently. Don't ask me why, but she had to get her car weighed. She had to go to the truck scales to get her car weighed. That's how big her, her SUV is. She went uh-huh. to she went to the cat the cat scales. I always wondered what those were. <laughs> They're scales. It's cat scales. Well, I get it, but yeah, because I wanted to see how they work. Well, normally they used to weigh cats. Uh huh. Now they weigh trucks. That's why oh, they call okay. them cat scales. Okay. Got uh, it. As a matter of fact, in the in the winter, comedians go on the cat scales. Uh, anyway, that's what they do. Anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. 632, Brad. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. 639. You know what happened to me yesterday, Shelly? What happened to you yesterday, Brad? I went to Schnooks, and they actually had Little Debbie's Christmas trees. Aw. Are they chocolate? No. They were the white ones. But I bought, them. I bought them anyway. I bought three boxes. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Well, it is Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, normally I give them away as gifts, but I don't think I, with only three you boxes. You do not. I do, I do, too. You never part with your Christmas I do, too. Trees. To special people, I do. That's why you never got one. 
um, excuse me, you've given me two. <laughs> you you don't eat them though, do you? Most people don't eat them. It's like why would they not eat them? They're well, Christmas. It's like the party cake. What's like the fruit cake? Isn't that the the you know? Yeah, the, nobody eats that. Right, nobody eats those. They give them away. It's like mm. <laughs> right. Don't want the fruit cake. No. Uh, okay. And oh. my mom used to get one every year. Really, one of the fruit cakes? Yes. Really? Why'd she do that? I don't know. She liked it, but she also liked Braunschweiger and oh my uh, god, That's... sardines and um, what was that third thing she liked? I don't know. I can't remember the third thing. Uh, it's funny. There was a. I was, I'm punching buttons yesterday, and they're talking. There, the people are. Uh, it's the 97 one people. By the way, I got to ask you a question on this. They sure. do 97 one people are doing a fun drive, or actually, they're doing a food drive at Ruler Foods. In St. Charles. Where is that? Do you know where that is? Ruler Foods? I have no idea. I don't either. They're talking about Ruler Foods. I don't know where that's at. It's some kind of a grocery store. Okay. Uh, Switching gears a minute here. The latest weird story with Paul Pelosi and the dude that whacked him in the head with a hammer. Uh Uh-huh. There's so many weird things about this whole story. First off, the police had body. You know, there's the the reporter from NBC who did this groundbreaking report about that not, they're saying it's not what it seemed to be who did this live on today's show has never been on NBC since. And when other news organizations, AP, you know, the other news, news networks call NBC, NBC says no comment. They says, we don't comment on personnel matters. He's never been seen since. And matter of fact, he goes you on. You think that he's got cement shoes? Well, no, but the crazy thing is the, he's like, his social media channel is pretty, pretty much gone blank, except two weeks ago, He's pictured on his Instagram account as being like in the French Riviera on a on a on a on a beach with a swimsuit on. I'm going like, okay, is the guy like on permanent vacation? Okay, so the controversy is that there's two versions of the story. One version of the story is that Paul Pelosi called this is Nancy Pelosi's husband in San Francisco, called the police. The police broke down the front door. Well, there's actually three versions of the story. Broke down the front door, and they walk in on this crazy dude whacking Paul, you know, poor Paul Pelosi over the head with a hammer. Okay, that's version number one. Version number two is that a third person in the house answered the phone. And version number three is what this guy from NBC says is they knocked on the door. The police knocked on the door. Paul Pelosi answered the door. He was all fine and good and wonderful. The police walked in. Then this guy whacks Paul Pelosi over the head with a hammer, and the police tackle him and, you know, and put him in in handcuffs and take him away. Okay. And the crazy thing is, once again, there's body camera. There's police body camera uh, video on this, and they're not giving it up. So anyway, the story comes out this morning. There's another wrinkle of the story. Now the guy claims that Tom Hanks was next. That he was going to whack Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. He's going to leave. Nobody knows going to know who he was. And then he was going to find, uh, supposedly, Tom Hanks was in San Francisco that day or that night or something like that. And he's going to find out where he was at and going to whack him in the head and hand with, with a Why hammer. were they going to whack uh, I, Tom Hanks? I don't know. You know why do you, you know whack? does anything but good. <laughs> why do you whack anybody in the head with a hammer? You know, I mean, that's, well, you know, wh- you know, that's the crazy question. I mean, like, and and now... Things have gotten, you know, I mean, California's gotten really interesting. You know, once again, oh, my God, my computer just went dark for a minute. Okay, once again, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is a Democrat. The Democrats are pretty much all in for letting the border open. You know, hey, come on in. Things are great. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you know, we don't care who you are. Come on in, okay? All of a sudden, Gavin Newsom is doing a U-turn going like, Hey, you know, it's getting a little bit crazy. Uh, Mr. President, we need to do something about this border. And he claims that the reason that they're being overwhelmed because of the fact that the people come to California because they know they get all sorts of free stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, let's think about this for a minute, okay? Let's give the example of Missouri and Illinois, okay? In Illinois, you pay more for gasoline and you pay more for cigarettes, and you pay more for a lot of things. Taxes are high in Illinois, okay? Let's say all of a sudden, one day, Governor Parson says, hey, in Missouri, you Illinois people, free gas. Move to Missouri. We'll give you free gas. You paying for your cell phone in Illinois? Move to Missouri. We're giving you a free cell phone. Move to Missouri. No state taxes. Move to Missouri. Free food. Move to Missouri. Matter of fact, we'll give you a place to eat for free. Guess what's going to happen? 
lot of those Illinois people go, well, screw this Illinois. We're going to Missouri, right? <laughs> Think about that. That's now what... they would say it because we have pot. <laughs> well, they already no, they they already have pot in Illinois. They... <laughs> I know they do. Yeah, but, but but we didn't, and that would be the reason why they didn't move over here. But see, that's why everybody's coming to the United States because a great place to live, you know, lots of opportunity here, to, despite what some people say. B, when you cross the border, they give you a cell phone. I mean, Shelly, you and I pay for our cell phones. They get one for free. I mean, how about that deal? Yeah, but I bet they don't have the Ronco Foldomatics. <laughs> I don't think they're giving them Foldomatics like I'm your phone. I'm sure that they're not you're, giving away you, those. Phones. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's why. That's why. If I if I if I was in Nicaragua right now and I I'm going to the United States, I'm walking through Mexico, going to the United States, and then they say, "Well, but you're not going to get a Ronco Foldomatic." Oh, well, I'm not going if I can't get a Foldomatic. I'm turning around. I'm turning around. I'm staying home. <laughs> I I'll live under this despot government and you know this 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 tyrannical leadership and and you know I live in squalor, but if I could get a Ronco Foldomatic, I'd head north, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, we have to take a break. 6.45. You do? Yes. Are you sure? And I screwed up again. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. You there? Of course I'm here. I messed up. Hold on. Where else would I be? I don't know. You could be much better places than here, right? No, I actually happen to like where I'm at right now. That's because you're in your palace. You're in the Shelley Palace, you know? The Shelley Palace. The Shelley Palace, yes. The Palace of Communication. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 they when they Shall we play a game? When they built the new when they when they built the new uh uh courthouse in Union, Missouri, the new Franklin County Courthouse, <laughs> one of the guys I knew called it the Palace of Justice because it was so fancy. So it's it, it's actually not that fancy, but, you know, the Palace of Justice. It's, That's what they call the one in St. Peter's. Well, that is the Palace of Justice. That one has marble floors and the whole bit. That's like, okay. I think they're terrazzo, but okay. Well, they went a little. I No, I think they're marble. But see. Marble is too porous to put in a public building. Hey, guess what? That's what's in a lot of these old government buildings. Marble floors. Terrazzo. And stuff like. No, it's marble. I bet you any money. Hey, hey, because because see, back in the day, they didn't have terrazzo. They had marble. They cut slabs of marble. That's how they made things. You know, back in the day, they didn't have all this fancy schmancy, you know, flooring that we have now. You know, like the the, the you know the plank flooring. That's you know what you know like what the engineered all the goofy stuff. Back then, it was like all natural stuff. It was like, you know, they 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 cut down linoleum trees. Don't you know about that? They cut down linoleum trees and then they cut the linoleum in little tiny little tiny sheets that's why you had linoleum floors and then they went to and then they went to vinyl flooring where they cut down the vinyl floors and they and they put it on a special machine that that's how you had rolled vinyl that it it sort of cut you know the machine was take a big tree a big vinyl tree and spin it around and they slowly cut like the sheets of continuous sheet of vinyl off the off the tree uh-huh you know about don't know about that <laughs> i'm not even going to answer that because i no. Mm-mm. You don't know. You don't know about that? How can that no. how can that not be? How can that not be you don't know about that? So, because it's not true, Brad. Off the tree. Uh-huh. You know about don't know about that? <laughs> I'm not even gonna answer that because I Okay, never mind. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? Does that mean I have a delay? Yes. You've had one for years. Huh? <laughs> Never mind. Good what thing. should I do before I throw punch you? Hey, how did you like that picture that uh, Creative Visions Photography took? I like my Santa picture better. <laughs> the, that... I don't know. I kind of like me throw punching you. No, you weren't throw punching. You were choking me. You know. Well, potato, potato. When, it was the closest when, I could get. When people... See, what's interesting is the name shall remain anonymous, but... I, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not asking for anybody's sympathy, but I'll tell the story. I'm legally blind in one eye. Why is that bad LASIK? Shelly knows the story. Okay. Yeah. So what I have now is I have extreme monovision. If you know what monovision is, if you have contacts or glasses, what they'll do is the doctor will, will uh, essentially compensate your left and your right lenses so that you have far vision and you have near vision, so you don't have to have readers. You don't have to have separate reader glasses, okay? So I have extreme monovision, which means that I can read things perfectly well when they're literally about four inches away from my face. 
So when I'm sitting looking at my phone, it's literally like four inches away from my face. So I am at the Cottleville Chamber of Commerce, Cottleville Weldon Springs Chamber of Commerce meeting on on uh, Tuesday, and a very nice woman that you know came up to me and said, "Hey, uh, can I help you with that reading?" And I and I used my usual response, "No, nah, don't worry about it. I'm blind in one eye." And people go, "Oh, I'm so sorry." <laughs> so I'm sitting there reading something, and Shelly comes over to choke me. And you know, like as I'm sitting there, I'm trying to take care of business. And the photographer, what's her late? What's her name? She's such a nice lady. Do you know her name? She really is. You know her Creative name? Visions Photography. What's her What's her name? Name? Not her company name. Her name? Name? Don't you know her name? Name? I do know her name. Name? Just a second. Okay, <laughs> you have to look it up. Anyway, only because for some reason, I mean, she could stand next to me, and I knew ho- know who she was. Yeah. And she's, you know, she. We've actually interacted several times. Right. But for for the life of me, um, I can't remember her name. She's a very attractive. I remember her business. A very attractive woman, and she does great photography. Yes. She's very good at what she does. Yes. And because my Santa picture she took, and once again, my goal in life is every time I see a Santa, I want to sit on his lap. Yes, I am a grown man sitting on Santa's lap. I've never gotten over that. And this Santa was, this was one of the best Santas I have ever seen. I mean, this yeah, guy. Yeah, he looked actually he authentic. Was, he was the real deal. Yeah. I mean, he had a real beard, had the real little glasses, and that Santa. And he was looking at you weird. He was. That was spot on. <laughs> that Santa suit cost, I'm not kidding you, that's like a four figure Santa suit. That's no cheapy, you know, that's no cheapy, you know, bite yep. at the costume. That's no cheapy Johnny Brock's costume. Nope. That's like a full blown, like. You know, he got it custom made, like Gus Beffa at 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 uh, yes. Chris Offenberg uh, Jeep uh, F- Ford Lincoln Mercury, whatever they used to be in in uh, in in uh, um, uh, Washington had a very expensive Santa suit. Anyway, uh, I have to get out of here a little early. I have to take a break here because I have something special we're going to do next hour. I'm going to do two things I've never done before. One of them is I'm going to play a song that's never been heard in this radio station before at the top of the hour, and then. I have someone who's going to tell us the story of that song. So the next song you hear is going to be a Christmas song. And Shelly's going to get mad at me because it's a sappy Christmas song that she won't like. But there's a weird, strange history about this song. Not, And there's a little piece of the history that, of all crazy things, involves me as all crazy things on a very minor scale. But the big scale is who this Christmas song was written about and I'll give you a hint. She didn't know it. How's that for a little hint? Okay, we're going to take a break. Um, and What am I supposed to do while we're taking a break? Relax. Have another cigar that you're smoking. I do not smoke a cigar. <laughs> it's six I'm actually vaping. <laughs> I, I, I know I, I hear I it. I have not smoked since Harper's first birthday. I'm proud of you. It's six fifty. It's six fifty nine. No, this is not K E Z K. No, it's not. Beautiful <laughs> music. No, it's not K E Z K. Shelly's going to be mad at me because of the fact that normally I don't play slow sappy songs in this radio station, and that exactly and that is sort of a slow sappy song. Okay, there's a reason for this, and the reason is that's a song by Dan Fogelberg. It's yeah. called "Same Old Lang Syne," and yeah. the reason for this is. I saw one of my friends on Facebook mention something about this song, and believe it or not, I have him on the phone right now. Are you ready for this, Shelly? Sure. Jim Buffero, good morning to you. Hey, Brad. How's it going? A guy I've known for a long time, a former radio guy who got smart and got out of the radio business, <laughs> well, some number of years ago, didn't you? How long ago was it? Oh, man, you're putting me on the spot now. I've been out uh, probably longer. I've been out longer than I was in. Really? I think I've been out like 20 years now. Wow. And I will say this not to embarrass you. One of the best newsmen I have ever met in my entire life. You, If you were in the newspaper business, you'd bleed ink. I'm telling you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I wouldn't go that far, but thank you. I appreciate the compliment. I got a dumb question for you, and I just thought of this. You worked at SIU. You worked at WSIE for a while, right? I did. Was Dr. Winter still there when you were there? Uh, 
I don't think so. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I reference Dr. Winter all the time because he was my journalism teacher and he was tough. And I keep referring to the fact that if Dr. Winter was still alive today, he would not be happy with the state of journalism. And I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah. you know, we are both so old. <laughs> Tell me about it. Okay. It's like, everybody's like, oh my God, who are these two old guys? Yeah, two old guys. Please. Okay, now, here's the story. You wrote this story about the background of the song, the Dan Fogelberg song I just played, Soul, Same Old Lang Syne. And the interesting thing about it is, it's a true story, right? Yeah. Well, there's actually two stories. There's the story that he sings about. And then almost as interesting to, to me is the story about, you know, writing the story. So the first one is pretty easy. People who, <clears throat> who know this song know that it's true. Dan Fogelberg, 1965, is a freshman at Woodruff High School in Peoria. He meets a girl, Jill Anderson, 1965, also a freshman at Woodruff. They, they develop a friendship, a relationship. And then when they graduate from high school, they go their separate ways to separate colleges. And as, you know, long distance relationships go, you know, they kind of they, they kind of change a little bit. Distance, you know, sort of sort of gets in there in the way there. And they kept in touch, kind of. And then um, and that kind of, you know, fell off a little bit. And then one day. It was Christmas Eve, 1975. Dan has gone on and has got a pretty good music career going, and Jill has gone off. And they're both back in Peoria on Christmas Eve, and Jill goes to a convenience store to pick up some eggnog. And Dan picks up, is at the same convenience store, unbeknownst to, to Jill, in picking up some whipping cream for some Irish coffee that, he, that they're making for their, their family. <clears throat> and the two meet. And the story is exactly like this in the song. You know, met my old lover in the grocery store. And there, Jill will tell you she spilled her purse and all these things. They 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 sat in the car and had a six pack. And and it was it's a great song. And you know, you were playing it a minute ago. And I'm thinking, how many people are like reaching for the Kleenex box in their car? You know, it's the, right. It's just it's just such a great song. And yeah, it is. It is you know pretty sentimental. But it's but it's a true story. And uh, I was lucky enough to be, you know, one of the few people who's actually had the opportunity to sit down with Jill and and talk about the the story. And, and gosh, you know, I mean, that that is the other interesting story, if you want to hear about it. Well, I, yeah. Um, First off, so, I'm getting I'm yeah. getting a little bit of a strange noise. Are you moving your your microphone around? I'm getting like a little bit of like like a like a like a like scratching okay. noise. Is this, is this a little bit better? Yes, much better. OK, okay. now okay. the okay. interesting part of this is this is somewhat local and it's local because Dan Fogelberg grew up in Peoria, Illinois, which is not too far from us, correct? Right. That's and, correct. And the lady who also grew up in Peoria, Illinois, lives in the St. Louis area, right? Yeah. So so this kind of is the heart of how this all came to be. So um, really, the, the, the man who gets the credit for sort of unearthing this story is a guy by the name of Phil Luciano, who's a great writer and a reporter, and I think he just retired this year from the Peoria Journal Star newspaper. He knew uh, of this story. I'm not sure how he knew of the story, but he did. And um, he waited until Dan died, and ironically, tomorrow is the 15th anniversary of, of Dan Fogelberg's death. So he waited, and then he did the story after Dan died. Okay, so I read the story. I've always been interested in in the you know the the background of the story, and tucked away in his story was this little mention about you know she's now a school teacher in St. Louis, and I think they even mentioned the Parkway School District. So, you know, I'm out of media by this time and I'm interested. And, and <clears throat> so I started sending, you know, a little like this link to people in St. Louis media that I still know, knew. And I said, hey, this is a really good story. I couldn't get a bite for anything. Really? Nobody in St. Louis media was either either they never read my emails or they just blew it off or whatever. And, and they didn't do the story. So <clears throat> by that time, I'm blogging, said, well, heck, I'm going to give this a try. So I looked up the Parkway School District uh, website, and I saw their <clears throat> public relations people, and uh, I sent a note, just a blanket kind of a you know note to them, just sort of a blind note. And uh, Kathy Kelly, one of the PR people, got back in touch with me and said, this is a really good story. Let's see if we can pursue it. And the funny thing is by then, Jill, who was, a, I think, a second-grade teacher in the Parkway District, she had retired, so it was kind of hard getting a hold of her, but her son worked in the district. So Kathy contacts the son, the son contacts the mom, the mom contacts me, and we finally kind of hit it off and, and met at uh, 
Schneidhorst. Remember the old Schneidhorst oh, yeah, restaurant yeah, at, yeah, at yeah. Clayton and Lindbergh? Right, there, which yeah. is now torn down. Yeah, it's gone. Met there, and 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 if you if anybody who's who's read the story that I wrote, the the blog that I wrote, it happened exactly that way. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, I hope I don't screw this up because this is this could be a really good story, or we could just not hit it off at all. And you know, she could hate my guts, and <laughs> it just goes nowhere. And the thing is true too that Kathy. Um, she did her homework on me before she pitched this to Jill. She said, I think the guy's pretty good. She, Kathy contacted like the five or six guys who don't think I'm a jerk. You have five or six? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, well, maybe it was only two or three. Who knows, you know? But she, she got a hold of those people. And so, you know, it all worked out. And, and here I'm about, I, I've just become a grandfather. And I know that, um, you know, as, as I'm corresponding with Jill, she was a grandmother. She hands me a card that says, you know, congratulations on being a new grand, uh, new grandfather. I'm like, Okay, we're gonna hit it off. I mean, this woman's never even met me, and she's already buying me greeting cards. Wow! You know? so it was like she's just such a a wonderful person. She's a very private person, though, and uh, she has done a few of these interviews. And I know she's been she's been sort of asked by other media, you know, oh, we'd love to do your story. I said, no, nah, you know what? Done the story. It was part of my life, and she's kind of happy with the story that that's been told already that's out there and you know god bless the internet you can just um slug my name or 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 do a search a google search on her name and the story comes up so yeah it's it's been a really really fun experience well now and, and, and yeah go ahead well i was going to say the interesting thing of, to me i mean the whole story is fascinating to me but to me the interesting thing about it is she had no idea he wrote this song and and recorded it and she heard it and she goes oh my god that's me right yeah, she was okay. So predating her experience as a teacher, she was a flight attendant for TWA. And in 1980, it's one of those. <clears throat> she's got an early morning flight, and she's she's driving in. You know, living in Chicago, I think. And and she's you know she's you can imagine. I think we've all probably taken that run toward O'Hare Airport at, at you know in the darkness of of uh, you know the winter. And she hears this song, and she says. Well, that sounds like Dan. I haven't heard Dan in a while. And then she starts honing in on the lyrics and she goes, geez, this, this actually happened. And this is a song about me. And um, she really did keep it close to the vest and not even, you know, not even good friends knew that this was, was her story. So, you know, credit to her that she has been kind of close to the vest on the whole thing. Now, there's, there's a couple interesting things in the song, and you mentioned this in your article. Um, she talks about in the song... She talks about her eyes. He says her eyes were blue, but her eyes were actually green. Explain that. Well, you know, he always called her sweet Jill green eyes because of, you know, the song uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes, right. I guess it is, by, by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, or Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Um, and he was a big fan. They were both big fans of that group, and so he just referred to her as sweet Jill green eyes. Um but he said later, you know, that wouldn't work for the for rhyming in the song. So Dan played a concert and I don't know the year it was, you know, probably the 80s. And, and Jill is in the audience and Dan is a, a playing a concert at the Fox Theater. And and I go into detail in the article on this, but, but basically she's she's there. She's with some neighbors and her and her husband, and 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 they're trying to get a note into the the usher. Hey, you've got to get you know, the woman from the song is here. She's in the audience. So finally, she convinced they convinced uh, this this you know the people to get her backstage. And it was one of the first things Dan said is, "Okay, I'm sorry, I I couldn't." rhyme blue <laughs> with you know so i or couldn't rhyme green so i had to use blue so yeah okay yeah now there's one other question i have for you in there's a line in the song where they talk about and once again these are old lovers they're you know and once again it's christmas eve they're sitting in their car drinking beer and and he asked her about uh, her marriage she married she said he, he married she married an architect which she did correct and yes but he well, says and she says something about you know i asked her if he if you loved her and but she lied or something like that how did that go over with her husband well you know what i'm going to be perfectly honest first of all i believe it was a a gym teacher and not an architect i'm not quite i'm not quite sure and i i don't have the exact details on that but you know what brad i never went into it i i i 
to me, that's a personal part of it and a personal part of her life. And, and we never even broached the subject. To be okay. I was, I was just so, curious on yeah. that because, because I'm thinking to myself, okay, if her husband hears this song, Hey honey, uh, is that song really true? Yeah. Well, you don't her, love me. <laughs> you know what no, I'm saying? Her, her, her current husband, Jim is, is a, a good guy who has, is very good about all of this. And in fact, she told me that of the like three interviews that she's done on this story, um, one of them was a Dallas newspaper person who somehow got her husband's cell phone number and called him up and like interviewed him. Really? So, so, so he's good about it. They're good about it. I think, I think, you know, he's good about, uh, about this whole thing. Now, it's, it's, can, uh, yeah. can you give her name? Is it okay to give her name on the air or, or oh, is yeah. that... What's... Jill, Jill Grulick. Yeah, she's it's it's out there. You know, I mean, it's not a it's not a secret and she doesn't hide from it. It's not as if she's a complete recluse, you know, about it. She just she's just very a private person and and uh, realizes this was a, a time in her life. And it's a good story. And the story's, you know, been told already. So she's she's happy with where things are. We're talking with Jim Buffer, who wrote an interesting article about the true story behind the Christmas song, because it is a reference to Christmas and it does play on KZK all the time. Time, right? You know what I'm saying? We don't play it. It's too slow for us. But uh, old, same old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg. Now, how did she end up in St. Louis? Because she's originally from Peoria. You know what? You and I are old guys. <laughs> I don't remember every detail as well as I should. Um, I, 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 she just, she. I'm guessing that she sort of uh, got out of the the, the airline business about the time is TWA about the time that Carl Icahn got in yeah, <laughs> if you know that and, if you know that story and destroyed so, it yes <laughs> yeah, yeah so i mean that that kind of sums up a lot of uh, a lot of it right there is you know she probably had an opportunity in St. Louis and and so she took it so yeah but she she did she made that transition so you know sort of a dual career thing so so she graduated from college became a stewardess uh, and now we can't say it anymore is a, a, a flight attendant on TWA and then and then she came to St. Louis, and she taught. Do you know how long she taught here in St. Louis? Uh, several years. I think it was a second grade teacher um, at at one of the elementary schools in Parkway. Again, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I don't. I don't remember all the details that intricately of of uh, of you know that transition. So, how long ago was this interview that you met her? I met her four years ago, and uh, the the funny thing about this article, I mean, it's not widely publicized it's it's written on linkedin i do a blog and i do it on you know monthly and i do it on on linkedin primarily because it's frankly the easiest platform to do it it's it's mostly business related but you know, they don't seem to care as long as it drives traffic to their to their platform i don't think they really care a whole lot and it's gotten and they've stopped counting um because for some reason linkedin has cut the analytics portion of its of its uh um, you know, articles, you know, going back a certain way, but I know that it got like 20,000 hits, 20,000 really? views over four years. So it keeps growing and it. And it's always this time of year, because if you do a Google search with my name and, and, you know, same old Lang Syne, it comes up and, and, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll shamelessly admit that I will kind of put it out there every year just as a, just a nice little story to tell around the Christmas season. And as you did, I saw it on your Facebook page, and that's why I called you on it. And and by the way, when I get done, uh, we get off the air this morning, I will chop this interview up, and it'll be on our website, bs.show. You're going to send me the link to your article. I put that in the link, and the podcast will be up there as well, too. Uh, normally, yeah. we do one podcast that has the entire show. What I'll do is I'll do two this morning. I'll do one that has the entire show, and then I'll do a second version, which is just this interview. So that'll be on. Now, can I tell you my weird connection to this song? I'd love to hear it. I'm working the morning shift at KADI, my absolute positive worst job in radio, because I quit I quit KSLQ uh, that summer because of I was working for, guess who, Pig Vomit, uh, who ultimately became Howard Stern's boss at WNBC. And he was horrible. And what he did to a woman on the staff, I literally quit on my birthday Back in the day, because of the fact that what he did to another on-air personality on a radio station. Won't go into it. It's a whole long story. So at 2 o'clock the next morning, my phone rings. It's Richard Miller. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. Heard you're not with Q anymore. I want you to come to work with me. You're going to be my new morning star. My new morning star. Remember Richard Miller? You know, remember him, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I worked mornings on KADI for five and a half months. I'm playing this song on Christmas morning 
on KADI, Richard calls me up and fires me <laughs> while I'm on the air. This song is playing. It was my last song. I got up and I left. So how's that for a weird part of the story? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Literally, Christmas morning, I'm on the air. I'm playing this song. He calls me on the phone, fires me. I get up and I leave. So well, you were reaching for the Kleenex box for a whole yeah. other reason, weren't you? Oh, my goodness. Strange. So, and because and, and, and anybody who knows Richard Miller would go like, yeah, that sounds like Richard. You know, I mean, like, yeah. who gets fired on Christmas Day, especially when you're working on Christmas Day, right? Well, I did. Yeah, well, you know, I live in Kansas City now. I mean, I didn't know that. A little, little closer to our, 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 my son and his wife and our grandkids. So, um, that's another story, aren't we? All getting old. We're talking grandkids now. Um, but I was, I was driving back from St. Louis this past weekend, and I'm like, you know what? I bet you I'll hear that song. And I'm flipping around the dial. I'm, I'm like you probably are. I'm like, you know, click, click, click. Next thing, boom, there it is, right at the beginning. So, it's, it, and it's one of those songs, man. It's a very captivating song. Oh yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's, it's hard to say, click. I'm moving on to a different song. You know, I mean, I hear, I hear a lot of Christmas songs. And I'm like, like, I can't do the little drummer boy. I mean, right. I, would, I would, I would jump out of an airplane if I heard that on the speaker <laughs> system, you know, but this, but, but this it's compelling. It's one of those where you're driving in like to the grocery store and it's just started, but you sit there in your car for three and a half, four minutes. Oh, no, you, hear, it's, you want to hear the rest of the song. It's five minutes and 16 seconds long. It's not a short song. It's the probably, yeah, the, it's not a short song. It's probably yeah. the longest song I've played in the station in a long time. Okay. Yeah. Look, I appreciate your time this morning if people want to get a hold of you jim buffero spell your last name for us it's b as in boy a f as in frank a r o and on linkedin i go by james so if you're on linkedin uh it's a it's a hipper sounding name than jim 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 is the guy who changes your oil at the, at the <laughs> jiffy lube james is is a little hipper i think it's that's my it's my sad attempt to stay young and relevant you know and and back in the day when you were doing it a true journalist jim in one word describe the current state of journalism i'll be nice i'll say disappointing yeah it really is it's to the point yeah. where where you especially with you having background a huge background in news working at camo acts and things like that it's to the point where sometimes I just shake my head and I think to myself, man, what the hell yeah. happened? You know, I, yeah. mean, it well, just... I, I tell you what, man, this is why I watch old Andy Griffith episodes. instead <laughs> of the news. You know? <laughs> okay, Jim, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And, and hey, I, it was I, great. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad you're doing well. It was great to talk to you. It was great to touch base again. Okay, shoot me, uh, shoot me uh, the link to your story. You can text it to me, and, and, and I'll probably have everything up by 9 o'clock this morning. Very good. Thanks a lot. It was great to talk to you, and Merry Christmas. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. You still there, Shelly? Of course I am. Was that interesting or was that, that stupid? That was a cliffhanger. Yes, and he has got, like, the best voice. Oh, yeah, he was a good news guy. You know, God, he was so good. You know, and I mean, he was a news nut. I mean, like, like a news nerd. Well, yeah, like to the tenth degree. I'm surprised you didn't ask him. So, how has your degree helped you? Well, you know what he did after. It's interesting. After he got out of the radio business, the news, and he was. I think he was doing TV news as well too. He worked for Boeing for a long time. He was one of their uh, one of their spokespeople. I used, to, I used to see his, his stuff all the time because he was, you know, like whenever there was something, you know, that happened with, he was like the official spokesperson for Boeing. He was like there, I guess today he would be called, back then it was a PR person. Now it would be called, he was there one of our comms person. That's what they call him now, comms, communications oh. people, comms. But sharp guy. And, I mean, I've always loved that song. And you and I have talked about this because of the fact that, it's what, what I say is wrong with country music because country music used to be storytelling. You know what I mean? Most country songs st tell a story until Florida Georgia Line came along and then say, hey, babe, sit next to me in my truck. Put your pretty little pink toenails up on my dashboard. Let's go down by the river, get stuck, and we'll go skinny dip, right? And that's every song. And I got my 34-inch tires and, you know, and, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. There, you know, there is almost a week that goes by that you have not been able, that you have um, 
not missed a chance to interject pretty pink toes on the dashboard. It's in every in your conversation. It's in every floor in Florida Georgia line. Matter of fact, they have a contract with their record company. I've oh, read clause fifty two A says every Matt, song has Matt. to have a line about, hey babe, put your you know pretty little feet with your pink pony toenails up on my dashboard. You think see you don't listen to country music much because if you did you would say we think that's in uh, that's in that song that song that song that song you can name the songs right at the top of your head that have the same line. It I may used not... to listen to country back in the eighties and early nineties. Well, that's when when that was well I won't say that's when it was good because it's it's had some resurgence. But what happened to it was bro country. I mean I'm telling you and and that was the Florida Georgia line thing and it used to be to the point where country singers. They wore a cowboy hat and they wore boots. Now they wear a snapback hat backwards and they wear tennis shoes. I'm going like, dude, that ain't country. You know, <laughs> that's that ain't country if you that, ain't wearing boots. That's right, right. Put the boots on. Do the Brad Paisley thing. Put the hat on. You know, I don't care if you're bald. You know, put the cowboy hat on. Do the country thing. Okay, right? Yep. We have to take a break. It is uh, seven. What time is it? 7, 7.31. I'm late on this break. Okay, 7.31. It is BS.show, the girl from Impanema, which... <laughs> Hold yeah. on. Hold on. I didn't have you on. Oh, what'd you say again? I said, that's what it reminds me of. That's what it is. That's the the, the song from, but they changed the lyrics around. It's just like the new uh, BB Rexa song where I'm good, da-da-da-da. They took the song I'm Blue and they just changed the lyrics. Instead of I'm blue, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Now it's I'm good, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, you and I, you saw this picture. I think you sent it to me of Mark McCloskey. You know what the picture I'm talking about? Yes, I did, yes. Okay, working out in the gym. If you know who Mark McCloskey is, Mark McCloskey has become has become famous for being pinky in the picture with him and his and his wife, Stripes, who are both attorneys, this goes back to this. I think was this the Stokely thing? Was no, this is what this was the 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 uh, the the Minneapolis thing. Um, I don't know George the George Floyd thing. This is when uh, there was riots all over the country, and he has a fancy schmancy mansion in the Central West End of St. Louis and a private street that has a gate on it. And the rioters broke down his gate, and they walked through, walked, walked across his front lawn. And him and his wife got their guns. She's got a little, I don't know what it is, a little 380 Beretta or something like that. And he's got his AR-15, and they're out there defending their property, okay? And then he ran for Senate, okay? So Shelly sends me this picture, and I would say Mark's probably eh, late 50s, early 60s, okay? Wouldn't you say that would be about right? Yeah. Okay. There's a picture of him. Was that in the Riverfront Times? You had that? Where'd yes, you... it was. And the guy looks like the incredible the incredible Hulk. He does. <laughs> He's like got this I'm thinking to myself, okay, is this photoshopped? You know, you know what? <laughs> I got his phone number. <laughs> you wanna call him? I would. <laughs> Hold What's on. What's he minute. gonna do? Sue me. Sue me. He's an attorney. He'll, yeah. he'll well, sue me. That. Hold on. We find it. We find. We've talked to him on the air before. I mean, the man is. You know, he's ripped. He's contoured. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I got the number. Do I dare do it? Double dog dare ya. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I wonder. Every time I've called him, he's always answered, which is sort of weird, you know, because he puts his phone number out there on the website. Hey, Mark. Hello? Hey, Mark. Yeah. Hey, Mark. This is Brad Hildebrand. You, you and I have talked before. Uh, before I go any further, you're an attorney. I have to tell you, you're on the air. Is that okay with you? Okay, sure. Okay. Um, well, I, first off, I met you. I met you and your wife out at the uh, event out at the family arena. My uh, Shelly's on the air with me. We're on the air right now on Westplex. And we've talked before about your Senate run. Okay. I'm going to ask you a weird question. There's a picture of you like looking like the Incredible Hulk. Is that really you? That's really me. Holy cow, you are buff, dude. How, dude. Did, you, how did you do that? Yeah, clean living and thrift. <laughs> so you look you look like a professional wrestler kind of guy. Well, you know, uh, the the, uh, the short answer is that uh, I wrestled in competition between when I was five and I was 25. I I hurt my neck when I was 25, so my uh, competitive career was over. And then I just started uh, 
lifting and bodybuilding, and I've been I've been working out you know, well since I was five years old. So still do it every day. I have to tell you, when Shelly, my co-host, sent me that picture, I thought to myself, that's got to be photoshopped. We've talked about that for a couple weeks, and finally, a couple minutes ago, I said we talked about it again. I go, I got his phone number. I'll call him. I will. He always answers the phone, which is interesting <laughs> because and and I have to tell you, I mean, so so what's your workout? How how many days a week do you work out now? Well, I try to work out every day, and I, I alternate between aerobics and and resistance exercises. And because I've been doing it so long, my joints are all for for you know what. Um, I have to do uh, uh, you know non impact exercises so i've got a bow flex for my resistance exercises now and but you know it, it's it becomes a becomes a routine it becomes habit forming okay in your prime what could you what could you squat and what could you bench press oh you know my 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 goal was to always be able to to uh, uh, uh military press three times my body weight um and so by the time i was you know 150 pounds i was my goal was 450 whoa uh, that's incredible. Yeah, and I, I used to do uh, for my my warm up exercise. I used to do the a flagpole and then do horizontal push ups on the flagpole. If you know what that is. Oh yeah, I know so, exactly what that is. Yeah. Holy so. cow! Now, are you still? I mean, if if I know you say you talk about your joints. If someone said, "Okay, do a military press," what could you do now? Do you do you think? No idea. I haven't tried to do that in, uh, since before my first back surgery, and I'm on number two now. Wow. Okay. Now, can I ask you a nosy question? I think you've been doing that for about five minutes. <laughs> How old are you? I turned 66 on December 1st. You are kidding me. You're 66? He had oh, me. Yeah. I thought he was Man, late 50. You got the body of like a 35-year-old you know, weightlifter kind of dude. You do. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, what kind of diet do you eat? Um, no, I, I, I live on, on uh, vodka and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> like all attorneys, right? So, 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 don't tell. You're one of the guys I see at CJ Muggs all the time, then, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, no, actually, I'll put in a, I'll put in a, a boost for my, for my big friends at uh, uh, Mike Duffy's. That's oh, where I hang out. You're a Mike Duffy's guy. Okay, now, Mark, I have to tell you. I'll be honest with you. I was super impressed with your run for Senate. And I mean this sincerely because of the fact that a lot of people, you know, let's be honest. When you first did this, people go, oh, my God, he's running for Senate. You worked it hard. I mean, you you told the story when we had you on the air. You told the story about how you bought a brand new car and by the election time, it what had 100,000 miles on it. Yeah, you know, and, and my Christmas card is going out this week. I think it says, uh, well, it says 114 counties. Over 500 cities, over 540 speeches, 100,000 miles on the vehicle, and loved every minute of it. Wow. You went everywhere, didn't you? Yeah. And, you know, before before we started the campaign for Senate, we were on the Trump campaign from the summer of 2020 until I announced my campaign in May of 2021. And so uh, we were... We were on the road almost continuously during that period of time and just you know we're uh, we're still doing it i'm I, i'm still uh, like picking up random radio calls and spreading the word <laughs> with guys like me call, talking about your body right <laughs> no no but sincerely you know the thing that was interesting to me is you are to me what a guy running for office should be very accessible when as you know it's gotten to the point where more and more and more of the people running for office they hide from the media yeah, and you know the, uh, the the getting serious here for a second. The uh, the Biden technique of not campaigning and let your media hacks and let your big bucks uh, campaign for you is the norm now. It's not the exception. Um, you know, even though I ran against him and subsequently voted for him, our new senator did the uh, hide in the basement and don't I, campaign routine because he had he had all the money behind him. And you know, there's a race already forming up for a Missouri Attorney General, and people are already choosing the sides and collecting money but the uh, you know the, the the bottom line is that the party structure pretty much uh anoints the next generation with support and money and big dollar donators and you know when when you get down to election time he who has the 40 billion dollars behind him wins and uh, that's it's very difficult to to compete against you know, Mark, as a lifelong, I've been I've been in the radio business coming up. Next year will be my 50th year. I've done a lot of news. And you know what? I couldn't agree with you more. And quite honestly, it really makes me sick. And I'll be honest with you, 
I thought that's why you were incredible breath of fresh air. I know some people had opinions about you, about the whole you know, thing with you and your wife and the guns and the whole bit, but I thought what you did driving around the state, you know, talking to everybody, you know, doing town halls and talking about accessible, you know, this is, I've called you four times, your phone number's on your website, at least it was on your campaign website, all four times you answer the phone. If I tried for a day, I couldn't talk to most of these people. If I tried all day long making phone calls, I couldn't get in touch with any of these people. Well, I had this kind of an odd concept that if I was going to represent the people of Missouri, I ought to know what they want, know what they think, and you can't find that out without asking them. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Mark, listen, I appreciate you answering the phone. And, dude, I'm impressed not to sound like I'm being a bromance guy or anything like that. But, man, for a 66-year-old, you look incredible. Uh, thank you. Hey, like I say, clean living and thrift. <laughs> yeah, and that vodka doesn't hurt either, right? <laughs> makes the back pain more tolerable, I can tell you that. I hear that. Yo, I know all about that. Okay, Mark, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Is that guy incredible or what? I call him. He answers the phone. That was, and he was a sport. He was. He really was a sport for being cold called. He's sixty six. Can you believe I would that? I've known that. I thought late fifties, like he was my age. You sent me that picture. I thought to myself, "This is Photoshop. That's not Mark McCluskey." It wasn't Photoshop. I it know it's front It's well, that doesn't mean anything. I bet you there's stuff in. Well, sure it does. Oh yeah, right. Riverfront Times. Everything is like down the middle, straight. You know, they they don't have an agenda on any stories. Everything is down the middle with them. Right? Wrong? No. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I still can't get over that. Now, do you still have that picture? I do. Send it to me again. Okay, is it is how did you get it? Is that was that a, a a screen grab or what was that? It was a screen grab. Oh, I got to find the original picture for that. Uh, and, Call the Riverfront Times, you uh, know people. Yeah, they probably charged me for it. I can't afford it. Oh, uh, you know, see, to me Oh, so you'd rather one, be duplicitous one, and, no, no. and have me take it for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Now, see, once again, I would help you bury the body, Brad. No, you and I met him and his wife. Okay. I yes. think and and there are a lot of people that do not like them because of we what got, they, we have uh their autographs. Right. We have autographed pictures of them. Us personally signed to us. Yep. And and when we went that day, they were at an event we had to cover out in St. Charles. It was at the um Family, family arena. arena. Okay. Okay. And Governor Parsons was there. Right. Governor Parsons was there the whole bit. We stood in line to talk to him and his wife. I yes, mean, we did. We stood in line. It wasn't like we just walked up to him. There was a line to talk to them. And and they she couldn't have been nicer and he couldn't have been nicer. And they had no idea who the hell we were. We just said, Hey, you know, Mark, you know, I told him and I even said to him, I said, Hey, can I call you sometime and interview you on the radio? He said, Yeah, call me anytime. And he even, I think he actually said, My phone number My phone number's on the website. Because when you I don't I don't know if it's there or not anymore, but see see what I find that so refreshing. You know, I mean, like, I give my phone number out on the air all the time. 314-280-8880. Shelly, is that my phone number? It is. That is my phone number. You can call me anytime, anytime, any day, 24 hours a day. And believe it or not, I do Unless get... Unless you're me. If it's calling from my phone, he totally sends you to voicemail. Shelly... But he wouldn't do that to you. Shelly only calls me once a day, and I always avoid her once a day call, which is not the case. Shelly, once again, there are times when, like, I'm hanging off the side I of the it, tower... Brad. Or like last night, I was in the studio working on uh, working on website stuff, which is, by and the way, which should I mention? He say, I'm working on website stuff. Can we talk tomorrow? No, he doesn't say that. He just completely ignores me. And the problem with that is? <laughs> now, what do you think? How do you think I take that? Oh. <sighs> You take it like any woman would take it. I'm like, uh-huh. oh, I know he's, exactly. I know he's super busy. I know he's probably out, you know, uh, you know, probably walking old women across the intersections in downtown St. Louis, and he's that. probably <laughs> working at a food pantry right now, and he's he's probably probably out giving away money to the homeless people down uh, around the Camoex Studios. You know, he's doing all that. Or taking pictures with them, or taking their spot just to get a dollar. And- <laughs> Yeah, and I get to a fight with the dude on one seventieth page where I go out to panhandle on my my birthday and and he's gonna he's gonna duke it out with me. Okay, we have to take a break. 
<laughs> we go it's from so funny. we go from like funny haha. We go from Dan Fogelberg, you know, a nice story to um, um, talking about you know Mark McCluskey bodybuilding. When he said sixty six, well, he just looked. I about hot. fell off my stool. I'm on a stool here in the studio. When he said sixty six, I'm thinking to myself, "There's help for us. There's hope for us old guys." You know, <laughs> but of course. You know, he's been doing it since he was five, yes, Brad. I, yeah. think you, oh, yeah. I think you need to keep up a little bit. Yeah, I do. I need to go to the gym. Okay, it's 7.51. Ah, okay, hold on a minute. I blew it. Hold on a minute. Oh, God. Not that I don't like that song. It's just the point where I screwed up and I'm behind schedule and I can't. I don't have room to screw up. Hold on a minute. Let me go back to this. Let me go to here now. My phone's ringing on the air. Things are falling apart. It's 7.51. It is BS.show. You're supposed to say something, Shelly. What am I supposed to say? You say, you're supposed to say, I'm Brad and he's Shelly. Oh, I'm Brad and he's Shelly and BS.show is a show about nothing. <laughs> this morning we've had, God. We had some good people on. Two great interviews. First off, Jim yes. Farrow, who told us the, the, the history by behind the story of the song of same old Lang Syne, Dan, Dan Fogelberg, with a lady who I assume is still live here in the St. Louis area. She might be listening right now. No, she wouldn't, be li- she wouldn't be listening to this radio station. She buy list- She's probably listening to Tracy's station. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we talked to Mark McCluskey. You sent me the picture again. I can't get over that. He's, Do you see his reflection in the mirror? It's incredible. The Dude. guy is ripped. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, those protesters here, he didn't have to get an AR-15 out. He just had to take his shirt off. Hey, you want some <laughs> of this? You know, they go, whoa, we're out of here, man. We're out of here. Right? <laughs> Pretty much, man. Oh man, I I see. I see. He cracks me up. You know, he should be our senator, and he's right. It's a political system is so is so just. It's just like you know, it's puppet master. There's people pulling the strings, and there's people like flailing their arms and talking, and they're really not saying anything. They're saying what the puppet masters have. I gotten to be sort of like uh, jaded. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit, right? Which yeah, is, just a tad. When you see behind the curtain, which I unfortunately have for many years, you sort of go, "Oh my God, this really sort of sucks," you know. And you and I know some of those people. One of whom. We won't mention his name, who you just, after he talked to you, you want nothing to do with him, correct? You know who I'm talking about? Correct. <laughs> if he called you up and said, hey, Shelly, I'd like to take you out to lunch, you'd say, oh, I'm busy for the next two years, right? Yes. <laughs> but I think that about several people. Who? Which one are you? Whisper in my ear who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Ran for office four years ago or six years ago. You know who I'm talking about. And anyway, oh, okay. Okay, you know who I'm talking about, right? Okay, we yes. have to get out of here. It's 7:59. Say goodbye, Shelly. Goodbye, Shelly. Have a great day, everybody. Thursday. So happy it's Thursday. Uh, peace and I fly. 7:59. By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071.